Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 5, Episode 12. This week we're talking about 2004's Miracle. With Joe. You think you can win on talent alone? Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Again. And Sam. When you pull on that jersey, you represent yourself and your teammates. Is that what you want? I want you to be a hockey player! I am a hockey player! Welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Herb Brooks to my Victor Tickenoff. Sam, welcome to Miracle. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good there, bud. Are you good there? I'm there. Yeah, yeah we're all doing things we're different doing these doing days. It's great. Uh, we're really going to put pressure on the net and uh, talk and, you know, yeah. get the puck in the net. Well, we're going to try, you know. We're do our best. Yeah. Uh, this week, uh, I've nominated Miracle from uh, 2004 for the oh, sports. That's great. <laughs> the sport, great. great choice. Sports movie pantheon. Uh, on this show, we'll be uh, keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our movie planet preserve. <laughs> I can't do it the whole time. Yes, you can. can. The sports movie pantheon consists of seven and only seven films, you hoser. Currently, the films in this preserve are Hoosiers with an A. Have you seen Hoosiers? No. No. Okay. No. No. uh, No. Have not. It's a great movie. Another one about a coach who is a good coach. Oh, just like this movie. This movie about a coach, too. And about a team. Yeah. Very much so. Just wrong sport. It did. Well, yeah. Basketball. Okay. Yeah. The one with the hoop. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah! bunch of bunch of little white guys with the sh- tiny shorts with the periods. Yeah, right. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moneyball comes in at number two. Bull Durham at number three with a B plus. Slapshot with a C minus, mainly because it just doesn't age. <laughs> it just does not age well. But but uh, when we'll get into this, I still think has better hockey than. Any well, other hockey movie, but this isn't really a hockey movie, is it? Yes, it is. There's more hockey in this than I saw in Slapshot. Slapshot, I saw a bunch of fighting. I fighting like is an get, element of like hockey. Get, I would like to get the numbers on that. Okay. Well, you got a computer in front of you. You can right. do the research on that. I got one hand. Uh, it is funny, though, because uh, at before we started this, I went online to see best sports movies. Miracle and Slapshot, when it comes to hockey, are always one, two, one, two, one, yeah. two. It's back and forth. Mostly, though, because they're from hockey enthusiasts who love a good f***ing fight. The, ho- the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may stay. They're only a film with a higher grade can kick it out of the pantheon in the future. So we'll discuss it, analyze the grade, and see if it lands amongst the greats. But now that we've had that business, let's get down to business! This week, we're talking about 2004's Miracle, a movie made for $28 million that brought in $64.4 million worldwide. It's not much of a haul. That's, no, I'm... Yeah, well, you know why? You know what else came out that weekend? Barbershop 2. Respect. Barbershop 2 brought in $24 that weekend. Miracle brought in 19. Respect. Also in the theater at that time. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie in the theater. No. Uh, You got served. I know I saw that in theaters. (laughs) Along came Polly. I saw that later. The butterfly effect. I was not allowed to see that, but... Oh, did I watch it? Catch That Kid, Kristen Stewart's first movie. I saw that in theaters. That's when I fell in love with her. Uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Wow. Mystic River, Monster, Cold Mountain, Big Fish. What a fucking year. (laughs) 
You're these just, are all you're the movies. To like say shit. These are all the movies that were in theaters February sixth of two thousand four. Um, cheaper by the dozen. Something's got to give. Lost in translation. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that the greatest year of cinema? Like two thousand four theatrical, theatrical history. I mean. I could go banger after Steve, banger after Steve, banger after Sam, banger. The Matrix Revolutions was in 91 theaters at this point. That's how long this Matrix, and it was in theaters for another two months after this. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but this was only released on 2,600 screens. Huh. Yeah. This is a, a Disney movie, correct? Yeah. Barbershop was released in more theaters than Miracle. Well, that's Ice Cube, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Written by Eric Guggenheim and Mike Rich. And if you watch the behind the scenes, Herb Brooks, he basically, there's a 30 minute thing in the behind the scenes where they show the interviews with Herb Brooks and what he was doing on set with everybody. He's exactly oh, he a part of that movie. He's exactly Russell, uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. I was like Russell Crowe. I saw Master and Commander was in there too, by the way. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> Jesus. Directed by Gavin O'Connor, who looks like a hockey player, and music by Mark Isham. Starring Kurt Russell as Coach Herb Brooks, Patricia Clarkson as that girl again. She's in that movie, Patty Brooks. Noah Emmerich as assistant coach Craig Patrick. Sean McCann as Walter Bush. Kenneth Welsh as the doc. Eddie Cahill from Friends as Jim Craig. Patrick O'Brien Dempsey as Mike Ruzioni. Michael Matinudo as Jack O'Callaghan. Nathan West as Rob McClanahan. And Al Michaels, Ken Dryden, and Jim McKay as themselves. I was glad that they had Al Michaels do some uh, new play-by-play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they decided not to have him do the Do You Believe in Miracles line because they're like, you can't replicate it. No, and that's such a nice touch yeah. to have it in the actual game. No, you're right. I was like, that, that was smart to just use the original. Just use the original. Uh, but the the link that I sent you of the original game has all the, the, uh, the talk beforehand. Oh, right on. Between Dryden and Michaels. And it's so poetic the way they speak of it on the, there. It's like, 1980 was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. <clears throat> Do you remember seeing this for the first time, Sam? What'd you think? Uh, I don't remember seeing this for the first time. I remember that I had heard about this movie. I had heard about the game itself, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until college when I was like really into hockey. Then I started branching out and I, honestly, I think I Netflix this one. Oh, like the old school Netflix. <laughs> Or I got it in the mailbox. Yeah. In the sleeve. Mm -hmm. Good you, old times. you could hold it forever. I know I saw this in the theater. I know I saw this in a the theater. And uh, I wrote here, let me tell you, seeing a hockey movie in a the theater is just good. Oh, this is the best way to do it. It's fantastic. Uh, but I also remember it got a cheer from the audience when they did the Do You Believe in Miracles? Hell yeah. The no, audience cheered it, for that. that. And that I was is like, such a hyped up moment. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's cool because this is a true story and it's the original yeah. underdog story. It really is. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I'm surprised I didn't go see this in theaters. I mean, my dad's a hockey fan. I'm a hockey fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can understand why people did cause they were probably like, Oh, they're going to Disney this whole thing. Uh, but yeah. when you they see it, you, well, did they? Because there's moments where I go, this is a Disney. Well, okay. If it was a Disney, I, I thought this also. I was like, you know, because my first thought was, this is just remember the Titans on hockey. 
Yeah. But, <laughs> but there's a few things missing. One, there are no children in this. No. No kids. Yeah. Um, which nope. usually Disney throws a cute kid in there. No Denzel either. No Denzel. Well, yeah, Russell. He ain't Denzel. It, that, you know what, though? Denzel could not be in this movie, and Kurt Russell could not be in the other one. Debatable. Not debatable. I would like to see those roles <laughs> switch, please. Um, I am the authority. You just play here. <laughs> King Kong ain't... Oh, wait, wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> I went too high on that one. Uh, okay, uh, let's go into the making of... Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. Okay, Gavin O'Connor directed and Mark Ciardi produced the movie. Both are drawn inspirational stories, and they decide to take on the greatest sports moment of the 20th century. They chose to focus on the determination and focus of Coach Herb Brooks. O'Connor knew from the beginning that he wanted to cast Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks because he needed somebody with an athletic background and a fiery passion for sports. I really don't know what the athletic thing had to do with it. He didn't, was on, he didn't do anything athletic. He stood on the ice for a little bit with the skates on during practices. Smile when they... Yeah, you know, shine with the with did, the powder. Did he smile once? Uh, he does. In this movie. He does. He does. He what? smiles. He smiles uh, when he wins. And then he does what an appropriate man does: goes into a hallway alone and cries. Which, like if you watch, man. if you watch the game, they as soon as they win, he they just, cut to him and he makes a bolt to the to the <laughs> title. He's gone. You don't see. He does this. He goes yes, and then he goes to the. Tunnel. That's it. Um, okay, so the casting of the team consisted of real hockey players to give the film a raw and accurate feel. Uh, O'Connor figured it would be easier to teach hockey players to act than to teach actors to play hockey. On-ice tryouts were held in New York, Boston, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Toronto, and Vancouver. Another tryout was held in Vancouver for the Soviet and European teams. Did, I don't know if you've been watching. Have you been, did you watch Winning Time on HBO? That's about the Lakers? Yes. I watched Every episode as they came out, yeah. that show rips. It did, but the basketball shit because they used the same plays four or five times in a game. They took actors and oh, taught them basketball, just like in real NBA. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, whereas this, they got hockey players, and he was like, "I can teach them how to act." And I'm like, "With hockey, that's the smartest move." 100, well, no, that's the thing we talked about with Slapshot. Like, you have to have hockey players because you can't you can't fake that. Right. And we talked about Slapshot, how they all looked like they had previously played hockey at some point. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's still some of the best skating I've seen in any hockey movie is Slapshot. Including this one, right? Mm, yeah. No. Uh, there, uh, <laughs> there was one. We'll, we'll come up there. Like, there is a good example of faking it is one of the uh, the face-offs in the Russian game. Okay. And the Russian guy doesn't move his stick at all. But the American is like trying to scramble for the puck, but the Russian guy isn't even doing anything. Right. Like that wouldn't have happened. You, you like, like film some face offs and get the best one. They did it according to what the actual scenes were. The Russian guy didn't move. What? He didn't move his stick. Why not? It's what really happened. I need to watch the game. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch it, because they, they literally took every shot from the game and then recreated it on the ice. 
everything so that you could match it up perfectly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I gotta watch the game then. Yeah. He sits there stoned for a second as you because you see Mark. Uh, it's Mark Johnson. Yeah. He does like two shot, two two yes. grabs like that, he and the guy doesn't the move. One, gets the second one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember seeing it going. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction. Like. But this was also late in the game, and I'm wondering if the reason why they focused on it was because they wanted to show that the, the Americans had the leg the up at this point, and the Russians were shit in the bed at this point. They didn't oh, know no. what to do. Like, I, that's another one of my favorite lines from Herb Brooks is when it's like the last 30 seconds they're waiting for uh, the goalie to get pulled. And he turns to his coach, he goes, look at, look at him. He doesn't even know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling on his long-ass eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Arconin. Point up. There are a total of 133 different hockey plays in the film. To accomplish this, the directors turned to Real Sports Solutions, who had helped with the producers on a previous movie, The Rookie. The Real Sports team referred to Coach Herb Brooks for information on practices, plays, equipment, and uniform styles. Each fight and stunt scene was choreographed to ensure the actor's safety, although they were constantly getting injured in this. You don't hit the wall and come away walking away. They no, were walking with sh- bloody noses and shit. That shit still hurts. <laughs> Players went through a six-week training camp to relearn the game and older equipment, and what I remember them saying was that they were putting in 14-hour days to train for this. Yeah, I don't like. it's got to be like taking your modern-day skates and putting on figure skates. Yeah. Like, just a whole different ball game. And the guy that plays Mark Johnson said something on the, on the behind-the-scenes also. He said, you know hockey's all about improvisation. You, yeah. you do improv. He goes, it's hard to choreograph improvisation, but we did the best that we could in order to make it look the same. Cause if we didn't, people would be like, well, that's not how I went. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Al Michaels re-recorded most of his television commentary for the film. However, the last 30 seconds of the USA Soviet game, including do you believe in miracles? Use the original audio as Michaels didn't feel he could recreate the call effectively. Sadly, and this is a bummer to see. Oh my God. This, that ending gets me every, every single time. <laughs> Coach Brooks died in a car accident before the movie was released. At the end, before the credits, it states, the film is dedicated to the memory of Herb Brooks, who died shortly following principal photography. He never saw it. He lived it. Oh, and I, get shit, me right I now. just got the goosebumps. Get me right now. Uh, and the, you know what's sad is... Find a dark hallway and just go in the shower and cry like a man. Apparently... He just didn't wear a seatbelt that one time. That's it. I know. Um, did you know that he also came back in 2002 to do the U.S. Olympic team? Um, they brought no. him back for 2002. Did they win? I th- don't remember. Okay. Proud. They. I don't know. Turb books. Yes. Yes, yes. They won. Yes. They won. Sure. Of course they did. <laughs> okay. Now a clip from the movie. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them 10 times, they might win nine. Not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. 
and we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. The movie starts with a montage of clips through the years detailing America's invasion of Cambodia in 1972 through its time in 1978. This is, I will say this, because I know you mentioned earlier, this is definitely a Disney touch to do something like this. To kind of set you in There's the setting a lot of touches, but yes, yeah. but, I, but I also think this is a great way to prep the viewer for the stakes because there has to be stakes for like, well, why is this important? And I also think it's important because it's a time that people mostly forget about the seventies. We remember the sixties; they were mm. awesome. We remember the eighties; they were awesome. The seventies kind of like, nah, nah, nah. really? I thought the seventies ripped. I mean, the, in rock and roll, they did. Yeah, but beyond that. I didn't see a whole lot of rock and roll clips in this montage. I saw a lot of gas shortages. I saw a lot of work. We're having Vietnam issues. Uh, (laughs) Here's Nixon. That's a problem. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But I do think it's important because this is kind of like showing you how how we went from the high of the 60s to just like this low point. And they desperately needed something. (laughs) Oh, okay. and they peppered in randomly mo- talk about the Soviets and U.S. to kind of give you the idea that there is this ongoing There's rivalry. Tension. Yeah, they don't mention a Cold War. They just go, "The Soviets did this," and you're like, "Soviets, commie fist, you motherfuckers." Herb Brooks, head ice ice hockey coach at the University of Minnesota, interviews with the United States Olympic Committee for the national team's coach job, discussing his philosophy on how to beat the Soviet team, calling for changes to the practice schedule and strategy. The USOC is skeptical, but ultimately gives Brooks the job. Uh, Herb Brooks is how I modeled how I coached soccer when I was coaching down in Florida. Solid. He was was the model. I, I mean, arguably... I'm having a hard time thinking of any other coach in a movie that's better. I maybe Gene Hackman in Hoosiers. Okay, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I need to see that. Gene Hackman in Hoosiers is right there. Um, trying to think who else. Well, what, you mentioned Denzel. Remember the Titans? Damn, that's a good coach. I got, I, I got five, I, I, I got five plays. <laughs> You will Damn. run them to perfection. Yeah, oh, that's a tough one. That'd be a tough. That'd be a tough bracket. Because like, both have great, great strategies. They both, you know, it's all about building the team, not just getting the best players. What about Paul Newman and Slapshot? Um, uh, no, different. This is a time before miracle hockey. Well, technically. It's in the same time period, ain't it? 
like a 10 year window. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Slapshot was 76. This is 1980. Yeah, it's a long time. It's four years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think also NHL hockey and Olympic hockey are a little different. I think in the in the bruisers period yeah. of the uh, or the enforcers period of hockey, you know, it was hockey was kind of a joke. But I don't know. You tell me. I you know I was born <laughs> twenty years later. What are you saying about me, motherfucker? <laughs> you old fart. You tell me. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> almighty says. Don't change the subject. Just answer the fucking question. Question. I do like the I do like the fact that the bureaucrats are trying to do everything. They brought a coach in there to tell him how to do it. Oh yeah, no, you can't make that team. Look, we're gonna go back in and we're all gonna pick a team that we all agree on. And I love the line about all star teams failing. Is they do? Yeah, all star teams play as individuals. Yeah. And I was like, you're damn right they yeah, do. they do. Except for the U.S. Dream Team, that had, that was a team that just decided to throttle the world. Just destroy everybody. <laughs> Herb heads home to St. Paul, Minnesota. His wife grills him about the interview, but he's not sure he'll even be considered for the job. Later that evening, Herb is contacted by the USOC that he got the job. His wife is happy for him, but is surprised by how fast he'll have to get to work. Uh, I love that during the party. First of all, he's not excited about the party to begin with. No. <laughs> then they show the party, and he's in the back room with his kid, uh, his, his kid playing the playing hockey, hockey game. game. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's the way to do it, bud. But even better, my favorite part of that scene is not so much when he, he, she goes, oh, there's a phone call to the USOC. It's when he gets away from the hockey table, turns to his son and goes, this ain't over. <laughs> that's a competitor like a right true there. sportsman. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Patty in this? I think she's she's there. I think she's supportive. I think she's the woman every man needs behind her. She's the Disney part of it. For she's me. the Disney part. Of the, yeah, she's very much the Disney part. Um, it was funny. My mom actually got really mad at the movie. Uh, she came in, just sat down, and the movie was on. Mm. She goes, I think this was like further in the movie when like, you know, they're in bed or, you know, it's nighttime. I think it's when they're arguing. Okay, yeah. And she's like, she has lipstick on. <laughs> I was like, that's what you're upset about? I was like, grandma did not wear lipstick until she couldn't put it on herself. <laughs> she wore lipstick every fucking day. I'm pretty sure women back then did those kinds of things. Yeah. I, my problem was her emotions are all over the place in this. Yeah, she just She's there. She's there to make it seem as though Herb has shit at home also he's sacrificing. That's about it. Uh, because you could make a case that you could eliminate this from the movie and it doesn't change the movie itself. Yeah, you, you could, absolutely. It, what it does do, though, is it would make you less sympathetic to Herb Brooks because the rest of the time, he's yeah. in full asshole mode. Yes, and I also think this... I still don't think this is a hockey movie. I think this is a coach movie. Which is a coach of what sport again? Hockey. Thank it's you. not a hockey It's a hockey movie. movie. It's a hockey movie. But it's not a movie about hockey. It is a movie about it's hockey. A ho- no, it's a movie about a coach who coaches hockey. Which is hockey. Okay, you're not understanding. I will say it I will say it slower. This is not a hockey movie. This is a movie about a coach who coaches hockey. What's Moneyball? Uh baseball economics. So it's not a baseball movie. 
No, it's an economics movie. Okay. What is a what is a movie that is the sport? That is the sport. You can't say slap shot. You can't say that. <laughs> Because it's not. <laughs> That's fucking Mighty Ducks with fights. That's all it is. Um, remember the Titans. It's about the team. It's about the coach. Is it? Absolutely. According to you, because the coach, it, these are the same movie, basically. Miracle and Remember the Titans are basically the same movie. You got two groups of people. They don't get along. They're going to, the, the coach is going to bring them together. It's the same fucking movie. No. Yes, it is. No. Um, okay, moving on to the next example that I have. Gridiron Gang? I've never seen it. I can't speak on that. Okay. Uh, any given Tuesday? I mean, every, every any given Sunday? Sure, I've never seen it. I don't know. No. You could say that that is a football movie. However, kind of highlights Al Pacino as the coach. So wouldn't that be a coach's movie? I've never seen it. I don't know. Oh, okay. Fact is, it doesn't matter because the team is just as important as her books in this movie. But it's, the focal point isn't the team. The focal point is the coach. Right, but you can't make the focal point the team because there's 20 goddamn characters and that would be Eternals then. You'll get a mess like Eternals. Uh, <laughs> goon. Hockey player, not a hockey coach. Hockey movie. So hold on. So in order for it to be a movie based on the sport... It has to be from the player's perspective. Yes. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> having, that's what movie playing is all about. Having coached and played, I have to disagree. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna put that. In, We're gonna put that in a little drawer here and close it. Uh, <laughs> Brooks meets his assistant coach, Craig Patrick, at the tryouts in Colorado Springs. However, Brooks selects a preliminary roster of 26, later to be cut to a roster of 20, indifferent of the tryouts and the preferences of senior USOC hockey officials. <laughs> it's the first day. <laughs> Ain't always wants. I, that's, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm slim. looking for the right ones. Four lines of five? Well, no. Because 20, there'd be the two goalies, so 18. Two goalies, yeah. So probably three lines of five. And then backups. Well, you're looking at probably pairs of defensemen. And then so. And probably two pairs. So four defensemen, four, two goalies. So there's six. That's 14. Well, no, because if you go to six defensemen, then plus the two goalies, that's a, that gives you eight out of the 20. Then you have four lines of forwards. Yeah. So four lines of forwards, six pairs of defensemen, two goalies. Six pairs? Yeah. Or three three pairs of defensemen. I'm sorry. Three okay. pairs of defensemen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, little math in my head there. Uh, the conversation between O'Callaghan and Craig at the very beginning when they're looking at the list of people. I love when he goes, a lot of guys from Boston and Minnesota. <laughs> <on here." laughs> oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, I do like the actors that played them, though. Oh, they were great. I thought they were fantastic. They were such, they, like, honestly... You know, I didn't know that they were hockey players first and actors, but in as soon as I started watching them, I was like, hockey players are all the fucking same. These guys are actual hockey players. Well, it's the way they talk and carry themselves. Yeah, I love when in the behind the scenes when they brought in the original 80 team 
to oh, to the the locker room, and the guy the the, the actual O'Callahan is sitting. There and goes, it's really weird. I'm watching uh, the guy who's playing me, and the guy's playing Jim Craig talking. I'm like, this is exactly how we talked back then to each other. It's like they were in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Herb Brooks, I love that he's got an answer for everything. Like when he really he, does. When he, when he told about Jim Craig, you know, you know, Jim Craig's mother, you know, passed away a year ago. He says his game's been off. Did they ever see him when his game was on? <laughs> it's like, I want to see it. <laughs> I really love the line because it really <laughs> it shows when, he, when they, uh, they initially picked the roster and he comes around. It's like the people that didn't make the team, they got, e- they got off easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like, Okay, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be fun. You know what's funny is that when he introduces himself to the team, he walks down the steps, spends like three seconds standing by the coaches, and then just leaves. <laughs> like, yeah. if you got any problems, talk to the assistant coach or doc here. Uh, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm your coach. <laughs> Those guys can be there. <laughs> Uh, he convinces Walter Bush, the executive director of the committee, that he has their best interests at heart. Bush agrees to take the heat from the committee, saying, "I'll back you up on this one." Uh, apparently, a real conversation that happened was he caught him in the parking lot about it and said, you can't do this. I was like, you can't do this. <laughs> this, is a, this is a group say. He's like, nope. Yeah. And you hired me for this. This is what we're doing. This is one of those moments where I can see where you'd be sitting there going, this kind of reacts this next scene where they're at the bar. Uh, see, I like this scene. I like the bar scene. Because they're all doing their tests at the time. They're all doing their tests. But it starts making the team like a part of the movie experience. Sorry, I'll talk to him. Like, um, <laughs> he wanted to hold it. <laughs> What's better than? Uh, um, I like this scene yeah. because it starts introducing characters and you know, the players themselves. Like, I'm not really to me. I'm not really interested in the coach. I'm more interested in the players. So. This was great to see. It's, it's where it drags the middle for me. The montages? Yeah, just like overall. Like it doesn't have the pacing that I needed. Okay. Well, that night, the players celebrate at the bar with their tests that Coach Brooks assigned them. They're like 300 questions long. Uh, tempers are still hot from previous game between the two colleges with O'Callahan and McClanahan. Man, 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 man. During the initial practice, tempers flare as forward Rob McClanahan and defenseman Jack O'Callahan get into a fight based on a college rivalry. Brooks allows the fight to go on so they can get the bad blood out of their systems, and then he bluntly tells all the players that they're to let go of old rivalries and start becoming a team. Now! He then calls for introductions, and the players each tell their name, hometown, and which team they play for. (laughs) My mom also jumped into this, too. She was like, he's just going to stand there and let them hurt each other? Yeah. Yeah. Let them go. <laughs> Let the boys play. <laughs> and I'm watching this going, damn. As soon as O'Gallon gets on the ice, he's like, you can just tell. He's like, he's a torpedo. He's just oh, aiming yeah. right for McClendon. <laughs> he's got a red ass for him. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, it says, I, I feel like this world would have been a good time for every player to introduce themselves. Like, say where they're all from. Don't just go by the three or four. Do yeah. everybody. You know, I, I'm, I'm all bored of that, but you can't do that with 20 players. Well, how long was this movie? This thing sped. It felt long. <laughs> we have the, this is like the opposite opinions of spirited away right now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Runtime. Miracle was two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. This movie's long. 
It's fantastically paced. <laughs> it, no, it is. It is. I will say it is cut very well. It is edited very well. It does move. It just the middle drags for me. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> I find your lack of anything disturbing. Um, I didn't mean that. <laughs> no, you did. Later that night, Brooks visits Jim Craig's room and asks him why he didn't take his test. Craig had lost his mother a year ago and convinces Brooks he wants to be there after being challenged. The mind games begin with Craig tonight. And I love the mind games. They, and they asked Herb, the actual Herb Brooks, in the interview meeting uh, when they were trying to... They had, it was Kurt Russell, Herb Brooks, and the director, and the assistant director. And they were all having a meeting, and Herb was telling them all the stories that they could put in the movie. And... They, they it's in like in different groups. So they're like on Jim Craig. And then he starts talking about that. And he goes, Oh yeah, I was playing mind games from the very first step. He goes, absolutely. At one point I pulled him to. aside and just told him, I was like, look, you know, I'm going to bench you for the, for the other guy. And that, that was all it took right there. Jim was kind of fired up at that point, And we were just like, okay, okay he's going to do his own thing. And when you watch it in the movie, you're like, all right, yeah. <laughs> there it is. You got to right now. It's everybody's goal. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Herb has 20 players who hate his guts. Maybe if they hate him, they won't hate each other. And that is a Scotty Bowman coaching method. Hey, it's better to be feared than loved. Back at home, Brooks is watching footage of the Soviet team and taking notes. His wife is feeling stressed because Herb is diving deeper into his work and beginning to neglect his responsibilities around the house, like, you know, picking up his kids. She looks fabulous doing it, though. You know what? She was like... I think she's 47, 48 years old as an actress at this point. Solid. I know. And what I like was the fact that she's, as an actress, the same age as Russell. Normally, they'd give, her, give him some, like, you know, beautiful little thing. Oh, yeah. But she's classically gorgeous. She is. I was just giving her shit because of the whole makeup thing. Oh, the fucking lipstick. Yeah, which how me all over the pillow, Sam. <laughs> all that makeup. It's horrible for your skin. Yeah. She, but here's the thing. She has written very unbalanced uh you know, one time she's, she's a Disney mom, Disney partner. Very much so. If they were going to do this, they should have had the kids be a more prominent role in it too. Uh, you can't just have the wife in there because you need to see what's stressing out the wife also. Yeah. You can allude to it like, oh, you're supposed to pick him up at school today. He's like, okay, well, I want to see the kid crying because yeah. his daddy didn't show up. And also, I don't know what she does. Housewife, baby. Off of a hockey coach's salary? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. She understands the dynamic, but it's one sided. And I wonder like how, if this was just the times in the seventies yeah. or cause we're now like in the second wave of feminism at this point, if she was, I mean, there's points where she's standing up for herself to this guy, mm -hmm. but I feel like she also goes, look, he needs this more than anything right now. Yeah. So she'll just bite her lip and take it. I came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Great, great, great way to close out. And this is the second point of feminism. Yeah. <laughs> Cancel me, please. <laughs> there no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Uh, as practices continue, Brooks uses unorthodox methods to reduce the roster down to 20 players. The coach starts the team on an exhausting conditioning drill, which became known as Herbie's. 
in which the team sprints together back and forth across the ice over and over. They're like suicide. Oh, yeah, like, herpes. They'll never leave you. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> herpes are forever. The players themselves worry about being cut at any time, knowing that Brooks himself was the last player cut from the 1960 Olympic hockey team that won the gold medal, so he will do anything to win. <sighs> Could you imagine? He got kind of misty-eyed talking about it in the, in the interview. I bet he's, he was like, his dad was all over. Like he got cut. He went home and there him and his dad were watching the game. And oh. this, you know what his dad tells him? Looks like they cut the right guy. What a fucking <laughs> son of a bitch. That is seventies dad he, written all over. Her Brooks got cut, called his father up, said, I got cut. Dad says, well, you're coming home then. You know, so he comes home. They're sitting there watching the game. They win the gold. Looks like they cut the right guy. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I know, but do you say it? But <laughs> that is just. I threw a couple grenades in bunkers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you kill anymore? <laughs> a lot of the enemy. <laughs> oh, who? Which, which stand-up is that? The bald guy with the beard, Bill Burr. Right? They, no, it's not Bill no, Burr. No, it's Tom Segura. Thank you. Tom Segura talking about his dad. And yeah. you know, I was like, did you kill anybody? He's like, I don't really want to talk about it. And then he asked him years later. It's like, I get no, I get nothing but joy of killing the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> there's some bunker. There's some, there's grenades, some grenades and bunkers. And bunkers. I don't know. <laughs> Were there people? In <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had a similar drill that I did with my soccer players called I'm a kill use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So before they were called I'm a kill you, they, my dad, you know, when I, my dad was a coach for most of the sports that I played and mm -hmm. I was on the team. And, you know, he just called them as they were suicides because yep. they just drove you to suicide. Yeah. I'm a kill you was a twist on the suicide because it was usually you, you went, you ran, you sprinted, you sprinted, you sprinted, sprinted, and then you rested for like 20 seconds and you had to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas mine, you had to sprint to wherever I was holding my hands. Then they'd sprint back and they'd sprinting back. I would run farther away. Okay. So you set the boundaries and then they'd sprint to me and sprint back. But when they got back, they could not rest. They had to get on their backs and lift their legs up three inches off the ground and hold it until I said, stop. Mm -hmm. And then they'd have a five second rest period and you do it again. Yeah. And we, it, I remember like these kids, I told my kids one year, uh, they were the first year, the first time they did it. And I was like, trust me, guys, you all want to be out here in front of the girls playing with your shirts off. You're all going to look like Abercrombie models by the time I'm done with these cores. And they're like, oh, at the end of the year, they were all fucking ripped. <laughs> uh, I love the fact that he's diagramming stuff on the glass and they look so confused because he's just way over their head. Yeah, no, it's a different level. And yeah. it's, it's nice to see that, you know, you know, these guys are fucking hockey players. Right, right. But the way he explains it, like, he he goes, everybody got it? Good. Good. We'll run it. And he goes, blow the whistle. Do you understand what he said? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the Coneheads line. Yeah. Which, I love these three guys. They should have done a spinoff with these three if they were fake characters. <laughs> I wish they cast the Hansons. <laughs> no. The Hansons didn't play hockey. Hansons play hockey? No, the Hansons did not play hockey. They they fought. That's what they did. Oh, I thought you meant in real life. Like those guys played hockey. Like they could talk. No, they, in real life they did. Yes. <laughs> Stallions <laughs> on the Colorado Plains. They couldn't get in the game for the first four or five games because they were just looking weird. Oh, putting tin foil on their hands. <laughs> hey, they're sharp. 
Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, here we go, Coach. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go get some. During an exhibition game against the Norwegian national team in Oslo that ends in a 3-3 tie, Brooks notices the players are distracted by pretty girls in the stands and not playing up to their potential. Fucking pheasants. You mean peasants? Pheasants. The birds. I just, it's so cool to watch how that they play with the camera zoom where they show the players and it zooms backwards to where Brooks is. And he's just staring them down oh, like, yeah. you motherfuckers are going down. Oh my gosh. And it still cracks me up because no matter what, <laughs> what decade, hockey players are never changing. They're the same nope. fucking person. Yeah. They're all the same. <laughs> just... They, Just iron. Look at the look at the blonde. Iron rockets, <laughs> calling dibsies. Yep. <laughs> and and we get here the most wrenching scene. I put this almost on par with the whiplash scene. No, one hundred percent. This makes me want. This scene makes me want to puke yeah. out of exhaustion. After the game in a wrenching scene, he orders them back on the ice for a bag skate. Brooks has them skate from one end of the ice to the other several times. His Herbies, continuing the drill even after the rink manager cuts the power. Exhausted, forward and team captain Michael Ruzioni reintroduces himself in the same manner from the initial practice and cries out that he plays for the USA. Getting the answer that he wanted all along, Brooks finally allows the team to go home. This is a very nice way of saying that he just runs these dudes until they want to bury themselves under the rink. Yeah, and uh, this is the first. This is the first moment where I got like kind of hyped up. Mm. Uh, it was just like. Because there was the whole thing with like I play for North, you know. Yeah, my name is Boston this. Mass. I'm from here. I play for North Dakota. Or I play for you, Coach. <laughs> yeah, but when he was like, I play for the USA. He's like, okay, they're getting it. Yeah. All right, this is painful. Even Craig Patrick has this look on his face, like, did our coaches blow a fuse? <laughs> this, yeah, this is brutal to watch them just go and go and go and go and go. But I don't know. I'm watching this, and I don't know if you got the same idea here. In that Herb Brooks, every time he tells Craig Patrick to blow the whistle, it's almost like he's daring him to do it to see if when will Craig break. It could be a test. It really could to see if somebody is like truly on board as an assistant coach. Like, yeah. Are you going to take my lead? Because he says not? he does the again, again, again. Then he says again, Craig, and Craig kind of puts the whistle in his, his mouth, pulls it away, and he goes, come on, Craig, do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, he's playing mind games with everybody. I mean, it's. I was just like, God, this guy's in everybody's head. So apparently in real life, they did this scene, but it was not to elicit the USA response. It was not for that. Well, I'm assuming it was just like, get your fucking head in the game. He worked until they were exhausted. That Good. was it. But for the... The cinematic value of it, it makes sense for what this is. Yeah. But you get, you're right. Yeah, again, I wanted to throw up watching I, and this. It was like, <laughs> obviously, anybody who's played sports... I mean, unless you've been playing the wrong sports or had a horrible, lazy coach, yeah. you did suicides at one point in your life. And there's so there's so many good lines in this that he says in between them. Yeah. The name on the front means a hell of a lot more than the name on the back. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're not good enough. Like every time I'm like, oh, this guy. And apparently these are real things that he said. Good. They these called are, it, these they, are things that I like for a professional team. Yeah. This is the kind of coach that you want, but you need. There's a whole list online of, need. of Brookisms. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, these are brilliant. I want to put these in my classroom. <laughs> yeah. Steal them away. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. They turn off the lights and all that shit. And these kids are just dying. I just can't imagine the level of cup chafe. Oh God. <laughs> I'm thinking of the ankles. Like, 
just the rubbing of the skates as you're constantly cutting, the blisters that are forming on the inside of their feet have got to be oh. massive. No. At that, for, <laughs> no, you just get monkey feet after a while. <laughs> That's what my uncle was called when he played. Monkey feet? Monkey feet. His girlfriends would call him monkey feet. Well, back then, you didn't have, like, in you 70, know, it was great leather. cushion. Yeah, I was going to say. It was just... And if you watch the skates in this, they don't have, like, great skates. These are fucking leather skates that they're playing with. Yeah. They, they had to play in all the same padding that they did Brutal. back then. Which, if you're a new hockey player and you got to put it on the old stuff, I imagine that's a bit of a culture shock. Oh, 100% and a safety shock. Well, yeah. I mean, you get in the board, and you're like, that's not going to work. No. <laughs> Explains how they got so many injuries in the practices when they were doing this. Yeah, I bet. And then, shit. I remember when in the in the Russian game, when the goalie got hit, mm-hmm. when the US, Team USA goalie got hit, and like, Back of that helmet. If you hit your head on that ice, there is no I'm back. Sorry, there, it's, it's a it's a little it's, stump. Yeah, <laughs> just wow. And I don't know. Did he hit his head on the bar? Also, I don't remember. I just remember seeing his head hit the ice. Okay. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, and that scene actually happens later in the game. It doesn't happen at that point. But okay. Anyway, anyway, dirty fucking cop. God, I was such. I was such like. I was sitting there with both screens, just going at the same time. Just going, let me see if it's <laughs> matching up. And it did. They sit in a film session about the Soviet team and Herb Brooks lays out their chances. Not good. However, he gives them home (laughs) (laughs) by saying the way they beat the team is not to try to defend them, but to attack them, which other teams have failed to do on account they're intimidated by them. I could get watch Kurt Russell speak as her books for two hours. I wish he was a coach of mine. Even when he he, really is the white Denzel from, he's just, remember the Titans, just whitey Mick. Whiter. <laughs> yeah. This is Trediac. Keep the puck if you put one on them because they don't happen often. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> if you score, keep it. Another, they, we, listen, this thing is montage heavy. It is. And I know people say montages are just kind of like, you know, squeaking past the plot, but it's a, you're training here. You yeah, got to have the montages. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. I have no problem with the montage. I, I have problems with montages like in Rocky Four where, you watch three different montages before one match, but you're seeing them in between the matches and they're getting better and better and better. They're more proficient. They're skating clearer. They're seeing things clearer. There's a show. They're, they're showing progression. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure the hockey players in real life were actually showing progression also throughout oh, this. Yeah. Um, right before the first exhibition game against the IHL All-Stars, Brooks and Patrick bring in a new player to see how the team reacts. He's a great player with a great attitude, but the team feels uneasy about him. Mainly Rizzo, Mike Ruzioni, who feels being cut after several threats from Brooks during practice. Before they get on the bus to head for their first game, members of the team ask to meet with Brooks about how they feel he doesn't belong, with the players thinking of themselves as a family representing the United States. Disney came in. They said, can we do a family thing? We'll do a family thing. We'll do a family okay, thing. Right, yeah. Uh, mission accomplished. The team is ready to destroy the Soviets. Go get them. Yeah. Here we go. They're going to do great. They're going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> destroyed. But that's what you're feeling. This, but you're like, they are going to destroy them now. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's Christmas time <laughs> <laughs> with the team. And they got a raucous good old time. They even give Coach Patrick Gift a whistle. And they chant again. <laughs> <laughs> then they give Brooks's gift a bullwhip and a name card that says Ayatollah. <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah. He looks over his team with pride and leaves them wishing them a great holiday. On the way home, Brooks is listening to the radio and hears President Jimmy Carter giving a speech that comes off very depressing. (laughs) 
It highlights really? working harder as Americans rather than continuing to rest on their laurels. And I love when he, <laughs> they give Craig the gift and he goes to Craig. That's beautiful, boys. <laughs> That's beautiful, boys. It's hard not to highlight how lonely this is for her Brooks, but what he's willing to sacrifice to get what he wants. Yeah, there's a famous saying, it's alone at the top. And it's arguably one of the best hockey coaches ever. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to international hockey, you could Except say- Barry Trotsky. Woo! <laughs> this is also when they cut Ralph Cox. They always gotta. They always gotta cut like the guy that you like that, that, that you like, but they really pump out like, oh, he's the he's a great guy. He's the glue. Yeah, yeah. They cut him, and I. What I like about this is that it's not just a typical cut. It's he feels like he's cutting himself at this point because it. Rem- yeah. And in the interview, he goes, "Cutting Ralph Cox is like cutting me because I was just like him." Oh, it's gotta be brutal. Yeah, because you I, see it in his eyes, and you're like. Oh, I felt this. It's the moment in this where I'm like, is he finally going to show some emotion? Like a tear well up or something. Yeah, and absolutely he, not. It wells up a little and it's like, he almost sucks it back in going, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you bottle it back up. Um, no, yeah. it was brutal. Um, this is the part in the movie where I wish there was more hockey. This, they, Just this the metal, cuts. this metal section. Oh, so we, we, oh, I can understand. The Christmas thing always kind of has to go, I don't need the Christmas thing. I don't need the Christmas thing. Yeah. yeah the, you know what? I have to agree with you on there. The Christmas thing, because I every time he gets this point, I'm like, let's just get to the hockey game. I'm ready for yeah. the hockey game. Let's yeah, go. Let's get back to the hockey. Yeah. Come on. Because you just came off just of hyped up. the family line, and then they, you don't need to show us the family. We know yeah. that they are one. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a really, fuck you, Sam. I'm not changing For those my that grade. can't see, I'm smiling. I'm not changing my grade, though. This time. I have a Cheshire cat smile, right? Uh, yes, you do. Yeah, the canary must taste delicious. <laughs> With their roster finalized just before heading to Lake Placid, the Americans play the Soviets in an exhibition game at Madison Square Garden. What a fucking game to watch at the garden. <laughs> I can imagine it was awesome. But even better, I love the fact that they, before the game, the Soviets grabbed their trophy and just skated all over the ice in front of the entire place. Oh, I love it. They're just they're just doing that dog scooting their balls everywhere. Just like, oh yeah, this is my ice. It's so good. Uh, oh, it's so good. The Soviets manhandle the young American team, winning by a score of ten to three. During the game, O'Callaghan suffers a knee injury that could keep him out the entire Olympics, and starting goaltender Jim Craig is shockingly told he may be benched in favor of backup Steve Janisak. Brooks tells him that he hasn't been given his very best and ultimately decides to keep Craig as the starter for the Olympics. Uh, I will, The team does a great job of subverting your expectations, because at this point you're like, they will destroy them, and it's just like from the get-go, ass is kicked. Yeah. <laughs> but it's shot so well. The fact that they got it so that the camera angles felt like it wasn't an exaggeration. It was men versus boys. Mm-hmm. And you heard a line before they even get to the face-off, which is the average age of the U.S. team is 23. The average age is 30 yeah. for the Soviets. And when they come to the face-off line, the first thing they do is they do a shot from the ground up of the five Soviets coming towards the line. And it's like, 
shit. Yeah. They look massive. And then what's cool, Mark Johnson comes up and he looks timid as hell. And they pan the camera upwards so it looks like the Soviet is going right over him on the face-off. Oh, it's slick. It's it, slick camera work. It's so good. And I just remember sitting there going, okay, how are they going to do the shots for this? And then when you see the behind the scenes where they have the sled out there with mm-hmm. the camera and they got someone weaving in and out, I'm like, how did they plan all that out and not run into these motherfuckers? <laughs> there had to be accidents. Had to have been. It just, just by nature. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the director is spot on with how he did it. Very. He, he was very smart. His, his approach to it. I do feel like sometimes some of the shots take away from the intensity of the game by being like super close up. But you know, his goal was to make it super personal. He wanted to show the speed, the speed of it. Whereas yeah. Slapshot, what I preached about Slapshot was that they panned back because it wasn't about the speed. No, it was about the altercations. And you want to see how it developed from afar. You want to see how everything plays out. They were, yeah, Slapshot, the they, they weren't looking towards replicating anything. They were looking towards, let's just have them play, and naturally, let's see something happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it. I'll give you that. I, 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 listen, when it comes to hockey, Slapshot and Miracle are right up there when it comes to filming this sport. Those are the only two ways you could film this sport. Yeah, 100%. Um, I don't think basketball has done it right yet in a movie. No. Maybe white men can't jump. Still haven't seen it. Oh. I need to. Um, yeah. And, and baseball, it, that's impossible not to shoot well. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I know a movie that may have shot it just as well as this. Days of Thunder. Oh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, that one does racing really well. Yes, yes, you are correct. There is there they do get that intensity. Yeah. Correct. Uh, I do wish we would have seen the O'Callahan injury on the ice. Yeah, like it just shows up out of nowhere. And I'm wondering if it was just I'm a about benign injury that happened. It could have just been something. Yeah, it could have just been something strange or, you know, not very exciting. I don't know. Yeah, but. Maybe they, maybe they filmed it and like heard him. He's like, "No, I'm good." I mentioned the players. What do you think of the Russian coach? Uh, could they have gotten a more menacing looking <laughs> coach? Like, I, I he was so menacing. I looked up the team to see, like, does he really look like this? No, he's just an average white Russian guy, just yeah. bald. This dude is like straight out of David Lynch's Dune with his eyebrows. <laughs> Harkonnen? <laughs> yeah, just a Harkonnen as can be. Well, her Which Brooke, is fine. He's like portraying the Russians yeah. this way. In that interview piece, they asked her books about Victor. Yeah. And he said, Victor's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. He goes, this one time I met him, it was right before the Olympics, and he came up to me, gave me this big bear hug, and he was like, hey, you, <laughs> and I was like, I'm glad we didn't see that for the sake of this movie. Yes. For, for movie purposes, you are the enemy. You're not supposed to be likable. Right. But I wish there was that a companion me, documentary. That makes, <laughs> that makes me happy that he was a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. And Apparently he was a really nice and guy. And they didn't go get, you know, the, the firing squad after they lost. Yeah, right. Oh, that's, well, that's one that's like, don't they ever smile? It's like, dude, they'll get shot. They'll get shot. <laughs> <laughs> 
As the Olympic tournament begins, the Americans trail Sweden 2-1 to one in the first game. Brooks fires up the team during the break by slamming a table out of his way and accusing injured McClanahan of quitting. Doc had said his injury wouldn't get worse if he played on it, of course. McClanahan ends up playing despite his pain, and the inspired American team came through as Bill Baker scores a goal in the final minute for a dramatic 2-2 two to two to line. I am a hockey player! I am a hockey player! That's by, the, play. That, by the way, is play your soundbite. That's your soundbite at the beginning, by the way. Oh, sick. I am a hockey player! <laughs> uh, then Brooks leaves going, that'll, that'll get him going. <laughs> you can finish up. <laughs> yep, yes it will. I, I always get nervous, even in real games, of pulling the goalie. I always get nervous of this. <sighs> well, I'll bring it up later, but this... This is this is this movie. The last ten minutes mm-hmm. is exactly what I feel in a playoff game in the last like period. Oh, really? It, there's like I just have this knot in my yeah. stomach, and it's just you have that because the last ten minutes, like if it's a tight game, the last ten minutes of a game. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Like I, I probably have an ulcer. <laughs> I I I'm nervous watching this every time they just have a lead or are going to tie because. And I don't know if it's a testament to the very generic soundtrack. It is a very generic soundtrack. It is a generic, but it works but it's very well in its favor. Yeah. Like, I want, my, my brain says as a critic, in quotation marks, to shit on this soundtrack. But I can't because it does a job. It's not, No, it does its job. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. We also the same, same thing about Spirit Away. That's a different thing altogether. That's fantastic. That is purpose. That, yeah, that, yeah. J- it, Hasashi, right? He, um, oh, Jesus Christ. Joe, it, it's Joe, Joe Hasashi? Yeah, Joe Hasashi. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a different animal altogether. But this does its job. It's inspirational. This music. is early 2000s Disney's, you know. Yeah. They pumped out great work. Now, I also want to point this out. Has any, have you ever heard of the shenanigans that happen at the Olympic Park? No. So I heard, I first heard about this three years ago on Detroit radio. They were talking to a, a Olympian and he was kind of dropping all the secrets about what happens at the Olympic park where all the players stay. <laughs> and that's basically just drunken nights yeah. and sex nonstop. Like they're all just buggering each other all the time. So much so. Oh, this is when it happened. Yeah. Okay. So they were talking about the beds in the Olympic village uh, in, I believe it was Beijing. I think it was where it says beds to be installed in Tokyo Olympic village will be made of cardboard. This is aimed at avoiding intimacy among athletes. Beds will be able to withstand the weight of a single person to avoid situations beyond sports. (laughs) I see no problem for distance runners. Even four of us can do. (laughs) And I mean, it's just like, it's one big suck and drunk. And I'm like, well, you put that I'm many in the wrong sport, man. You put that many high quality athletes Please. in one spot. Of course, that's of course what's going to happen. Man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jade Jones was the one of the people that spilled the beans on this. Uh, Usain <laughs> Bolt's parties at the Olympic Village. Oh, okay. This says, of course, one thing usually leads to another when alcohol is consumed. And it is thought the IOC distributed 350,000 condoms. 100,000 female condoms and 175,000 packets of lube to more than 10,000 stars four years ago in Brazil. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm in the wrong sport. I need to get back into sports, man. 
everyone sees the Olympics all about performance, and it is, but I literally, mean, it's a big party after, and everyone gets drunk. <laughs> everyone fights and competes on different days. I remember walking to the ring and walking to my event, and literally, there's people coming and streaming, steaming, like falling over. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. I mean, there's a reason why there's no cameras allowed in the Olympic Village. Yeah. That's it. If you saw these athletes in real life, you'd be like, these aren't role models. <laughs> I've seen those Olympic speed skaters. Oh, Whew. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So they follow that up with oh a seven, God. a seven to three win over heavily favored Czechoslovakia. Then victories over Norway, Romania, and West Germany to earn a spot in the medal round. Do you think it's because their lives are like pretty much hell for four years until they get to the Olympics? It could be they're so secluded and training every fucking day of the week. It could be. I mean, they and got, then they get to the, the Olympics and like, cool. There's a bunch of beautiful athletes. They're all in their twenties and we're all young. Yeah. High motor, all hot. I mean, most, most half are hot, but they're also athletes. So they're not, they're marathon sessions. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like sting common sutra sessions. Right, right. And then they just go, and over there is Children's Village. That's the gymnast. We don't go over there. <laughs> <laughs> they they they're they're at the kitty table. Uh <laughs> you gotta deal with the moms that are there. But anyway, we get to this right here. They do the the R- Romania Norway. The montages continue because you can't just show every fing game. This is all about one yeah. game. Uh I do like how the press conferences start with Coach Brooks, but eventually. They asked him, like, you know, are you just doing this so that you get the spotlight? So he sends Craig. <laughs> and they're like, what the hell is this? Man, don't be a dickhead. Um, and then we get another slowdown scene, the ice skating scene with Herb and his wife. Uh I'm you, they, get bored. Yeah, they, they hired you know, Patricia Clarkson. I can watch Patricia Clarkson. No, she's great. There's nothing again, there's nothing wrong with her. She, I buy that they're married. Yeah. I just don't know. There's no ne- There's no need for it. There's no need. I'm not mad at it. I'm just wondering why is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, just get me to the game. It's I'm ready. Disney. I'm ready. It's magic, babe. It. It's magic. Don't babe. you spirited away me? <laughs> why is it this way? Magic. It's magic. Babe. Magic. <laughs> The Americans are considered overwhelming underdogs to the Soviets in the first medal round game. The game begins in following a slash, which doesn't get called a penalty, which by the way, it should have been called a penalty when you watch it for real. The Russians score the first goal. Then O'Callaghan, having healed enough from his injury, enters the game for the first time. He makes an immediate impact by knocking down Vladimir Krutov on a play that leads to a goal by Bush Schneider. Such a great hit. Which did not actually happen in the game. <laughs> I got so excited. It's like my favorite part when he and knocks him off his ass and they score. He turns into a human torpedo. That was great. <laughs> Following another Soviet goal, the first period winds down. In the final seconds, the Soviet goalie, Vladislav Tretiak, stops a long shot by Dave Christian, but Mark Johnson gets the rebound and scores with less than one second left on the period. The clock shows zero, 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 zero. I know it's simple, but I fucking loved the suited up walk down scene when they're all oh. suited up and they're just walking towards the ice. Yes. It's such a great fucking shot. You get the whole team. Mm-hmm. They're going into battle. It's so well done. I, you know what? It sounds cheesy. I even like, you know, Ruzzi only sitting there like, go get him, go get him. And then the USOC guy, he goes, Hey Rizzo and slaps him on the forehead. In the I was like, you know what? There it is. That's what I like. It's Disney. You know what? You got my fucking money. Yeah. I like it. Um, it's a great speech before the game. 
Yes. Nine times out of ten, they win. But not tonight. Not tonight. Tonight, you are the greatest hockey team in the world. It's like, this is exactly what the boys needed right at that time. It was like the perfect pinnacle speech. And it's short. It's to the point. It's just enough. Now go out there and get them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, having watched the actual game, the goals are spot on. Uh, There's some puck luck you can't replicate. The O'Callaghan hit never actually happens. I can understand why they put it in, because you needed something to redeem Uh O'Callaghan from not being in the games. It was his moment. But in order to do that moment, I kind of feel like you need to show the injury being something hit also like that. So if if you're going to make up a moment over here, then make it up at the beginning that this is what happened to him. Yeah. but watch, I love it when he's lying on the, on the, on the ice, just kind of watching it happen. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And it happens. You're like, yes, yes. Like I'm saying you get fired up. You're like, yeah, that's the first thing he does when he's back. Yeah. He and, gets them a goal. I mean, and, he doesn't get them the goal, but he gets, he sets it up for the goal. Yeah. They, they get it. And the Mark Johnson shot that he gets be, uh, behind Tretiak on. My first thought was there's no way, there's no way it was that open. Holy shit. It was wild. He just kicks it forward. And I'm like, this is the greatest goaltender in the world? We have a- Glove down. <laughs> uh, during the first intermission, the Soviet coach replaces Tretiak with backup Vladimir Mishkin. Yeah. And what, is, what did the coach say? Boys. <laughs> they just benched their number one goal. They in just the benched world. the best world goaltender in the world. <laughs> <laughs> after two. But you know what? I've seen No, it was after the first period. No, after two goals. Oh, two goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the second period, the Soviets score a goal to go up three to two. Early in the final period, the Soviet team is called for a penalty, giving the Americans a man advantage. Johnson scores his second goal of the game, just as the penalty is about to expire. Later, Eruzioni enters the game and scores to give the U.S. a 4-3 lead. The entire team skates on the ice as the crowd celebrates. It's hard not to get psyched when Rizzo scores, because you're like, they've already set it up like he can't hit anything in any of the practices. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is truthful, that he was a poor shot in practices. I mean, I would hope it's truthful. Yeah. Makes it that much better. But people don't realize that this is not, there's still 10 minutes left in this game. That's an eternity. (laughs) And when you watch the movie, it doesn't seem that long. But when you watch it in reality, you're just sitting there going, are the Russians going to score again? And I just don't know. Are we just going to choke? Have I been lied to for the last 40 years? Are they going to score again? (laughs) Because they just look so good. But they're also, at this point, uh, in the middle of the third period, you can tell the tide has turned in the real game. Yep. And the Russians are now, like, just kind of hanging back, playing defense a little bit. Um, It's a it's a fantastic thing to do. If you ever get a chance to, check it on YouTube. They have the entire game on YouTube. No, um, I'll probably watch it today. Yeah. Um, now... However, the U.S. team goes into a defensive mode as the Soviet team becomes increasingly aggressive to score in the final 10 minutes. After a long, intense, and suspenseful 10 minutes, music boiling up. Here's the timpanis kicking in. You're looking the up Russians, at the blo- The Russians are screaming in Russian. <laughs> Bring down! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're freaking out. When are they going to pull the goalie? Look at him. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Uh, Al Michael says his now famous words, do you believe in miracles? Yes! The Americans held off the Soviets, completed one of the biggest upsets in sports history. As the team proudly celebrates on the ice with a roaring crowd, as an obviously emotional, shaken, and proud Herb leaves the rink to a small, quiet room to have a few seconds of quiet with himself to take in what he and the team had just accomplished. He cries 
Like a man. Like a man does right like there. Like a man does. Yes. You take those tears. You've been holding them in. Now you let it all out in yeah. privacy. privacy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tense 10 minutes. And I love the editing in this. It's just constant. This this is what I've been waiting for. This mm. is what. This, this this is such a great climax. Oh, yeah. This is this is what a crescendo looks like if you were to put it on the screen. Yeah. Uh, um, this this gave me the same feeling as watching a super tight playoff game. Like this felt just, like a game seven. It really did. It really did. And I feel like that's difficult to capture. Yeah. It felt like a game seven that was close uh -huh. and your team won. Because if it's a game seven you're getting, and your team lost, you're jumping out a window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, there's so many little bits. I mean, there's a lot of cuts in this scene. Uh, but just the way that like, there's a shot where I think Mark Johnson looks up at the scoreboard and it's panning across the screen and it's the music is matching the tone of it. Just moving across the screen. There's no big flares or anything. It's just like, and you're like, uh-huh. I'm watching. I'm watching <laughs> 30 seconds, 29. You're like, Come, just Come run on. the, just, and I know the outcome, Sam. I know oh, it's going we to both, happen. We both know they win. Oh, that, that's the stupid part. I know they win. I've seen this, but I still feel like it's a game seven and it's like, they could tie it up. I saw a really cool video. Uh, uh, one of these guys was reviewing like old NBA legends. And he's like, I'm going to review Larry Bird to see if he's really as good as everybody says he is. And he, he starts off the video with Larry Bird throwing up a ball into the air and they stop it before it goes in the hoop. And he goes, how many of you thought he's put this in? And he does this entire 19 minute thing about Larry Bird and they do the exact same shot and it turns out he misses it. And you're just like, but that's how he's one of the best because you all thought it went in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yep. And this kind of makes me feel the same. Like I'm like sitting there going, I know they're going to win, but God damn it. I'm worried about Russia. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Okay, two days later, the team would then go on to defeat Finland to win the gold medal. The movie ends with Brooks staring out over his team with pride as the entire team crowds together on the gold medal platform, which actually happened. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a shame that this movie was just about uh, the Russians because I, I wanted to see the Finland game. Well, the Finland game was a blowout. Yeah, I still wanted to see it. Well, I don't know. Maybe I was just so hyped up from the Russian game. I was yeah. like... I'll, you know, it was kind of bummer just to be like, okay, they won. They got gold. Well, I can understand that. But I can also understand that if you put the Finland game and you're like, why am I watching this? This is all that mattered. Mm -hmm. uh, it might actually, you know, I wonder if you can find the Finland game on YouTube. You probably can. Probably. Yeah. Was this, was this the first time the U.S. had won hockey gold? Well, they hadn't. The Soviets had won since 1960. Yeah, no. They so were, the U.S. was never winning gold. Yeah. I don't think they ever won gold. So, okay. So this was the first time. I can't imagine they ever won gold. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And and on top of that, you Hold beat on. the best team, which had been together. The best team of the multiple centuries. Yeah. Uh, the best team. And you did it with not even the best players. You did it with the best team. Because they just, they throttled the NHL All-Stars. Yeah. <laughs> Destroyed. Uh, um, but there's also one more piece I want to bring in here. And this is something that Disney does with these movies, which I actually appreciate, is they tell you what each of these players is doing now. 
and they go through every player. Like, here's Michael Ruzioni. Here's what he does now for a living. Here is uh, Mark Jones. Here's what he does for a living. And I, I appreciate knowing that these were real people and that they are real in real life now doing stuff. And the number of them that are working for hockey teams today is awesome. Yeah, like head coaches, scouting departments, assistant coaches. Yeah, some of some. One of them worked for the Winnipeg Jets at one point. I was like, yeah, sick. Wow, cool. uh, so it turns out uh, the U.S. hockey team had won a gold before. Oh, when? 1960. Well, 1960, I thought that was the year that the Soviets started their run. It says for a U.S. men's Olympic hockey team, gold is in 1980, 1960, silver 2010, two, okay. 72, 56, 52, 52, 32, 24, and 'Cause they said that they won the last four. So that would be a decade, not seven. That'd be 76, 72, 60, 64. So 64, 68, 72, 76. Okay. Those would be the four that they ran. Okay. Okay, That's well still a hell of a fing record. If you had told me that the US won multiple golds before then, I've been like, I don't believe it. <laughs> God, that has been like That's been building up as it fing podcast. <laughs> Is it like taking a good that shit? That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. I haven't had that much relief in months. No, I'm just getting warmed up. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that's... the right movie. <laughs> it's not even the same character. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a tomato meter reading of 74%, 34 fresh, 12 rotten. The critics gave this film a 6.7 out of 10. Yeah, it's a little low. The crit- I feel like it's a little low, but I also feel like it's fair i can understand why because critics don't base this off of just the genre they base it off of this compared to the godfather it's a 6.7 out of 10 i buy that well what well, um yeah the yeah i, I think the, um, what dignifies it rotten it's got to be a six or lower okay that's aggressive i'm well a 5.9 or lower okay I, no yeah. i still think that's Six or higher is fresh. For, for 12 to have, like, 74 is a little on the low side. Yeah, it is. Okay, but I'm going to go into what some of these idiots said. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the critics' consensus says Kurt Russell's performance guides this cliche-ridden tale into the realm of inspirational, nostalgic goodness. Can you say it's cliche-ridden when it actually f***ing happened? Act- yeah, no. <laughs> no, no you, can't, that's, you can't do that because it's based off an actual event, and they... As you have studied, mm-hmm. they did it pretty much shot for shot. It's beautifully done. Now, let's take a look at the asshole critics that said this one was rotten. So we have Merritt Ingman from Austin Chronicle who said, quote, Miracle is a suitably rigorous sports movie. On the other hand, at no time does it break out of the sports movie mold. That's well, the point. the point. <laughs> it's a f- movie about an Olympic hockey team. So that would be a rotten review right there. That That'd was added bad- in. That's a bad rotten review, though. Mark Jenkins of the Washington That's Post. That's like me saying, you know, John Wick is an action movie, but it never really breaks out of it being an action movie. <laughs> it's really a movie about a dog. Uh, <laughs> like, no, it's what it's supposed to f***ing be. Right. Mark Jenkins of the Washington Post says, quote, the movie effectively simulates the game's world and should grab all but the most finicky hockey fans. But for moviegoers who think if you've seen one sports look, you've seen them all. Well, you've definitely seen this one. Yes. I can't argue with him. I can't either. But that's dumb. I feel like every underdog movie is based off the 1980 sports team. 
Yeah. Uh, Ed Gonzalez of City Pages, Minneapolis, St. Paul. This guy, Homer here. Russell, perfectly cast, wears his character's 20 years of regret with supreme sadness. <laughs> this guy's a downer. Good God, Gonzalez. <laughs> what? This was a rotten review? That was a rotten review. I. Isn't he, that a testament I, to how good an actor he was? <laughs> I'm confused. Because he says Russell was cast perfectly and wears his character's 20 years of regret with supreme sadness. Did he want him jumping for joy? He got cut from the Olympic team. His dreams and hopes were crushed. His dad said, they cut the right guy. <laughs> Looks like they cut the right guy. <laughs> the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 4.3 out of 5 with 90% agreeing it's a three-year higher. It, it, it's an audience film. Yeah. Yeah. Movie's over. We entertain, and I'm going to say, damn straight. Oh, you bet I was. I was definitely entertained. Yeah. Uh, and he'll leave it at that. For most of it. Yeah. Nuts figured out the wards got it right and whether this movie's worth your time or not. Now, obviously, this is not a Oscar movie. This is not an Academy Award no. movie. But when we talk about a sports movie, we should probably pull up the ESPYs. That's kind of their realm. The ASPN wise. Yeah, it won Best Sports Movie that year over Bobby Jones, A Stroke of Genius, Dodgeball, A True Underdog Story, Radio, and Seabiscuit. I have to agree it's better than all of them, but Dodgeball's the funniest. Damn, I haven't thought about Radio in forever. Dodgeball's the funniest, but Miracle's the best. 100%. Yeah. Did you see Seabiscuit? I did. I think I was too young to get it. Yeah. It's a long one. That's another one that's over two hours long. We're just like, it's just a horse race. Little four foot five guy on a horse. Now we brought this up last week. The AARP Movies for Grown Ups Awards. Oh yeah. yeah. So Kurt Russell was up for Miracle, but he lost to Liam Neeson for Kinsey. I don't even know that movie. Uh, it was an HBO movie. Mm. Yeah. And best intergenerational film went to Miracle. It won over Badass, Monsieur Ibrahim, Spanglish, and the Five <laughs> Instructions. And then we've got the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Kurt Russell was nominated for Worst Fake Accent, but some what? guy named Richard Roxburgh for Van Helsing won. Oh, I'm, he's Dracula, right? Is he? I think so. Okay. I, I think that's the only person I can think that in that movie who would be awarded for that. And Van Helsing! But I mean, that was his accent. <laughs> yeah, it was Dracula. It was Dracula? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. I don't, it was not that bad. But I'm looking at these other, like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Aviator, he was great as Hughes. Yes, he was amazing. Brad Pitt in Troy, everybody in that time had an English accent in the movie, so what's the problem there? Yeah. Uh, but Kurt Russell, that's what a Minnesota accent sounds like. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a joke. No. Like, it's not bad. That's just how they talk. I feel like they're just going, well, Fargo did it first. <laughs> Fargo. All right. So they were wrong there. On to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in the movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. We'll start with the top three. Because I nominated this, you want to go the first on all these? Yeah. Okay, okay go for it. I'll steal all yours. Uh, <laughs> this movie does a fantastic job with the stakes. It sets you up with the time period and gives you the drive of like why this is such an important game. Yeah. The dedication gets me every time at the end. Kurt Russell's performance is insane. Mm -hmm. 
like he disappears. He's not Kurt Russell no. to me in this movie. Uh, and then the first is the third period of that Russian game mm. makes me feel like a game seven, like close game. I, I get the, even though I know they win, yeah. I've seen this movie multiple times. I've known the outcome. I still get, you know, knots in my stomach. Uh, my number three, the camera work in this movie is stellar. Many of the hockey scenes are filmed close to the ice rather than above to showcase the speed and skill. I think that, and when you see the behind the scenes, you put, see what they put into it. I even appreciate it even more. Uh, my number two, Kurt Russell's performance pair with uh, Noah Emmerich's Craig Patrick. I like the two of them working together on screen together. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good combination right there. And my number one is the again scene. Again. again. It, it is right up there with rushing and dragging with whiplash for me. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Uh, now it's time to go to the bottom three. Time to vent. Sam, break my heart. It's all right. Look, I'm going to stick by this. Even in the making of, the director states, this is not a hockey movie. This is a coach movie. And it's apparent there's too much. There's not enough bat. Like, I want to see the team like this. I want to see the miracle. Like, I want to see the buildup of the people that are actually doing it. Yes, the coach is incredibly important. Kurt Russell's performance is amazing. I'm not dogging him at all. But I could have done without the coach's private life. And it really just kind of like separated and brought me out of it a little bit. If just out of curiosity, if the Christmas scene wasn't in there and the ice rink scene with the wife wasn't in there, would that have changed your idea? Probably. Okay. Probably. All right. Um, and to that, the, the middle drags for me. Um, it had some momentum and then lost it. And then it needed that intensity. Um, I'll just like some from the, some, it just needed some intensity from the last 10 minutes somewhere in the middle. Cause it just pulled like, it pulled me out. Like I didn't need to, like I knew they, the, the, the team had grew, grown as a family. Right. I just didn't need it. It just kind of like slows down too much. Uh, and then only, then the number one is, there's only a few shots of great hockey. I do appreciate that the, like the up close and you can see this, you can like feel the speed and the skill level, but you know, I still think slap shot filmed hockey better. Okay, my number three. What an ugly thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> is it a cookie cutter sports movie? Yes, it is. We all know it is. Let's acknowledge it. Put, the, put it out in the room. It's cookie cutter. It's formulaic. We get it. My number two. Look, at times I wonder why we kept going back to Herb Brooks and his wife. I understand why. I just, just like you, I'm like, I. it builds you up to this game and then it pulls you back a little bit to... I think that I think the reason is twofold. One to show the sacrifice Herb is make, but also to build your own anticipation for what's about to happen. Uh, and it works for, in some cases; it doesn't work in other cases. And my number one, uh, not, not to uh, agree with you, most of the goals in the huh. final game are done well, but there is a couple that weren't replicated as well. But I will say. It, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, also, I will say, I didn't do the research, and so to me, the only snafu in which you had proven me wrong was... The O'Callaghan one? No, it was the, the, the puck drop. It was the oh, face-off. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't even notice those other goal snafus or, well, like... 
That's all right. It, who, no, you sh- here's the thing. You shouldn't go into a movie having to do research. That's the thing. Yeah. I've been a big proponent about that. It's why when we did Lord of the Rings movies and JC was talking about all the appendices, I'm like, I shouldn't have to do homework to enjoy a movie. Or the Hobbit movies for that matter. Yeah. Battle of the Five Armies. Me. Should have left that one out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Critics rating. We use an A to F scale here on the movie planet. C is average. F is the lowest. The movie receives all Fs. It hangs out with Matrix Re- Revolutions and Solo, a Star Wars story, and Waterworld uh, in the movie planet Global Killer. But the question is, what do you give 2004's Miracle in the sports movie genre, not the hockey genre, the, the sports, sports movie genre by today's standards. So Sam, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. I'm going to mute myself so I don't get pissed. But what? <laughs> I think I'm saying very valid things. As a sports movie, this movie succeeds. Yes. Is it formulaic? Yes. But the problem with saying it's formulaic is also that this, this events happened. They happened. Now, could have could you have done without, as we mentioned, the Christmas scene or cut out the wife a little bit? Yes, 100%. But as a sports movie, this hits all the marks. You have an underdog story, and then you have the buildup. You have the tensions. You see your teams growing. You grow with them. You f- meet the com- com- uh, competition, and they're slapped down. You you have seen the expectations. You are not untouchable. You are not invulnerable. You are not indestructible. You go up against the Russian men <laughs> as boys. And they will crush you. They will crush you. They will crush you. I will break you. They'll break you like She-Hulk is about to break that fucking dude's pelvis. And after you see these children get crushed... You, you have a realistic sense of what this team's going through and you feel like, oh my gosh, we have a challenge. And then they succeed. You, you, you see it, you witness it, you're fired up. And it does what most sports movies, for me at least, can't do is replicate the feeling of watching a close game. There can be moments where I'm like rooting for the team on the screen, but I don't, like, I don't really have like an ulcer also ready like nervousness about it right and i think this is why this movie has lasted so long and always gets picked up when you talk about sports movies the team is great you love the characters the coach is unbelievable kurt russell as herb is outstanding and not to be uh undermined by the assistant coach's performance either it hits all the marks, and this is truly is is it's a it's a Disney sports movie. I won't I will not not say that, and that is why this movie gets a solid B for me as a sports movie. You blew it! <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is still gonna be above Slapshot, which it should be. So I'm gonna say that this is a better movie than Slapshot. I'm gonna I'm gonna begin now. <laughs> just, just mute me. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> Formulaic is a dirty word. On the one hand, it makes something seem unoriginal and wholly cookie cutter, and on the other hand, if it's formulaic, then it works. 
I'd call this movie formulaic if it didn't have the ultimate underdog story in real life as its backing. In fact, you could almost say that most formulaic movies took their inspiration in part from the 1980 U.S. hockey team. Also, just look at the Marvel movies. Formulaic, but they work. They work. At least the Infinity Saga did. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The casting in this is pretty special in regards to the players. They didn't find actors and teach them how to play hockey. They got hockey players and taught them how to act. Kurt Russell does a great job of playing the bullwhip crack in Herb Brooks, and it's important to remember that Brooks worked on this movie as a consultant for most of it. And then if you're wondering how much embellishment there was, it wasn't a whole lot. Even the former players came to the set to see what was going on, and they thought it was eerie seeing these actors acting the way they did back in the day. It feels like a pretty generic soundtrack. The same song is used throughout, but starts off very small and by the end is epic and it's variant. Does it take away from the scenes? No. Does it enhance the scenes? Yes. It's simple, but the formula works. Yes, the central character is the coach, but the coach is a part of the team. And you can make an argument that although it's told through the coach's perspective, the team is a character in itself. Story-wise, yeah, it slows down whenever Brooks comes home to his wife, but I think you need it after seeing the sacrifices players are making every day physically. Seeing Brooks' sacrifice at home is equally important. Also, the writing does a great job of slowly but surely getting the boys to gel together after some pretty big beef at the beginning. Yeah, it relies on a lot of montages, a lot of montages, but I honestly don't mind since each one shows the team gelling more and more and becoming more and more proficient within Brooks' system. The way this movie is shot is at breakneck speed. When you find out how they replicated so many plays, over 133 apparently, for scenes and the cameras they put on the ice above the rink and weaving throughout the actual hockey, it is amazing there weren't more injuries. And yes, there were plenty of bloody noses and whatnot during the filming of this. Director Gavin O'Connor didn't want shots from above. He wanted shots on the ice and came up with some really interesting ways to make a game that when we watch today on YouTube, kind of looks pedestrian to something cinematic. Is this a sports movie? You're damn right it is. And in my opinion, this is the best hockey movie I've ever seen. Sorry, Slapshot, but you turned into the Mighty Ducks halfway through the movie. Fighting is not hockey. It is an element of hockey. (laughs) I just muted you. (laughs) This movie highlights the hockey and not an element of hockey. Go ahead. Don't talk about the Mighty Ducks like that. Overall, in the sports movie playing Pantheon, (laughs) I have to give this an A. It's a perfect sports movie about one of the greatest, if not the greatest, underdog story in sports history. This movie is better than Slapshot, it's better than Bull Durham, and Moneyball. And it deserves to sit right there next to Hoosiers as one of the greatest sports movies of all time. And if push came to shove, I'd push Hoosiers out and leave Miracle in. Because at least Miracle actually happened. And guess what? what Both Miracle and Hoosiers are coach-centric. F*** off. (laughs) Okay, so revisiting the list, this movie is going to come. I gave it a 12 out of 12. You gave it a 9 out of 12. So that's going to put it around Bull Durham, just under Moneyball there. (sighs) Shameful. But it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but maybe this says something about myself, too. I'd rather watch Moneyball than Miracle again. I get more enjoyment out of rewatching Moneyball than I do Miracle. I think there, I th- and I'll say this: I enjoy watching when it comes to the movies themselves. I think I agree with you on this one. When it comes to Moneyball, you're enjoying something different in a sports movie. You're enjoying the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And when it goes to the baseball game, you're like, "Can we just pass forward this and get to the behind the scenes shit?" 
Whereas this movie, you're enjoying the on ice stuff. And when it goes off the ice, you're like, get off. Get, let's get, get back, to the, back ice. to the ice. Yeah. It's almost like you're anticipating, like, I want to watch the sports part of the sports movie. Yeah. Because it's a sports movie. It's a hockey movie. I'm saying it's, I, I said it's a sports movie. It it's has to do with sports. It's a movie. movie. <laughs> the director even says it. You're wrong. It's Accept a hockey it. movie. Okay. Uh, actually, let me do the Where's Get a calculator out here just so I can make sure I get it just right. I want to make sure I get this just right so we... Pissed off. (laughs) Divide by two. Ten point. Motherfucker. Okay. So (laughs) it is tied with Bull Durham. Okay, well it goes above. I'm going I'm pointing above Bull. Yeah, we can can both agree to that. (laughs) Miracle (laughs) two and four. Be goddamn plus. 10.5 10.5 out of goddamn 12. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, one of these days, I'm going to get you to change your grade the way you change mine sometimes. Now, let's get a critic that off. Do you love this movie, like this movie, or none of the above? I, I'm not even going to say. You all know how I feel about this movie. I love it. I'm, as a former coach, as a person who's played sport, this hits me on all levels. Sam, go for it. I really, really, really like most of this movie. <laughs> I okay. Sorry, I will say I love most of this movie. You know what? You're tickling my balls a little bit. We're good. Yeah, I love most of this movie. Okay, all right. It's fantastic. Here we go. Let's finish this thing. That's all we got time for. Movie Planters. Next show, we're gonna look at Top Gun. Danger Zone. <laughs> well, hey, do you have any last words? <laughs> Again. Again. Come on, Craig. Blow it. Blow it, Craig. <laughs> Thanks for listening and happy movie watching. Bye. Bye.
I still can't believe fucking men was an hour and 40. Felt like fucking 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. Obi-Wan in one week. Le- don't. Don't get me. <laughs> so excited. You'll be taking that microphone home. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> This is my mic now. <laughs> the Red Wings went from their coach to Scotty Bowman, and they all hated Bowman. Bowman was a taskmaster, but they got back-to-backs out of it. That was the thing. They all Successful hated Successful coach? Exactly. Uh, but when you got people that all don't like each other, I mean, that team, is, I'll admit it. I will admit it now, 20 years later. Yes, we bought our team. Okay, we bought our team. It was before the we were the Yankees. Hey. I know it. I won't deny it anymore. Hey, look, I wish the Predators would do that. You can't anymore because there's a salary cap. There wasn't them when that back. I then. understand, but you can still, you know, not be the team that brings people up to be traded later. Sam, we had Brett Hull on our third line. And <laughs> fucking boy. Our third line was Brett Hull, Pavel Datsuk, and Henrik Zetterberg. Oh, my God. That's just rude. That's just disrespectful <laughs> to every other team on the league. That, le- that line was called t- uh, the goat and two kids. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my gosh. There should be a, uh, a Nirvana cover of Rate Me, but cancel me. Cancel. Okay, so I cancel me. So funny thing, I was watching a, a YouTube video of Kurt Cobain. Uh, it was it was the uh, unplug sessions that they did for MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's at great. one point, he goes, "Who else you guys want to hear?" And somebody yells out this, and then you hear like, "Rate me!" And he goes, "Oh, is that Kennedy?" <laughs> Kurt Cobain was. I'm, you know, I don't idolize him. He goes, like is that MTV's do. Kennedy? <laughs> but. I do respect him for his choices that he made as far as, you know, like when they went to the Middle East and they booed off of all female band mm. and he totally just, they, they all just trashed the show. Like they just, <laughs> it was horrible, but it's hilarious. But his one liners, he's so funny. Oh, he's very acerbic. Yeah. He's funny as hell. No, he, he had, he had a biting sense of humor. And uh, Yes. Yes, and I definitely sync up with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also like, I, I think there was such a cool thing to come into with winning time. Yeah. Was seeing that dynamic with the coach that got out and the assistant coach. <laughs> the which, assistant coach was such a mess. <laughs> my God. I Like, I have to read the book now because I didn't know it was a book. Yeah. Jason, I heard it's amazing. I don't like Jason Siegel as an actor. I can't stand him. But I loved him in this role because he yeah. was so pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can do that. Yeah. Uh, but I also like, can we just, I hate to go on a winning time thing here, but Adrian Brody is Pat Riley. Perfectly Amazing. cast. Amazing. Amazing. It makes me wonder, where has this guy been? <laughs> he's, he's just so good. He's like, I'll just do whatever I want. Yeah. And um, then the guys who played Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul, fucking killed it. Yeah, 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 they did. They, they, I liked how they played them in the locker rooms and stuff. Yeah. Because on the, if you watch the games, they're play, doing the exact same play three, four times in a row. Like the Michael Cooper dunk again. It's like, it's the exact same play I just watched 30 seconds ago. Yeah, just like real NBA. <laughs> it's not the real NBA. <laughs> mm. 
To, no, here's why. Today, they just chuck up three-pointers. They just chuck up three-pointers and travel <laughs> yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Oh, the Euro step, they call it. The oh, Euro is it step. the Euro step? Yes, that's oh, what they call the it. the Euro step. We had, in fact, it, this is being recorded in uh, May, but our school had a teachers versus students basketball game. <laughs> and one of our kids was doing the Euro step every time. And I'm like, is anybody going to call traveling on his ass? <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. It depends on because I I play like he did. So he he taught me how to skate. Okay, like how to actually skate. Yeah, play a little hockey, and we play barefoot. Oh wow! And, which is the old school way. Yeah, I've so I've never played with socks on. I don't, I have no idea what that feels like. It's just my bare feet in the boot. You got like hobbit feet, don't you? It's all callus. They were there was a bit of a callus buildup, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I wasn't playing like his level. Mm-hmm. But so I don't know. I never had that issue. Your feet have the same makeup as your fingers do playing guitar. <sighs> yeah, probably just tough skin at this point. And th- we'll see. Then you got to like, how, what were the skates made like in 80? Yeah. Trots who can't keep a job more than three years. <laughs> Not his fault. He leads people to victory and doesn't <laughs> nobody wants to pay him. Did he, has he got a job yet? For who? Trots. You mean Stanley? Yeah. Barry Trotsky's got a job. Oh, I thought he was with the Islanders still. No. Oh, shit. Because the Red Wings are talking about hiring him. <sighs> Maybe he'll get him a Stanley. They won't get the fucking Preds one. We're not going to get a Stanley with our team right now. But <laughs> it's okay. Um, Neither will the Predators in a l- the foreseeable future. Th- you know what? Plenty of time. It took us 50 years to be between, in between our championships. Uh, I just found this out. Toronto has a new record. They're the longest standing team to go without a Stanley. They're on 54 years now. 1964, bitches. <laughs> uh, and I've, it's so funny because I've seen that with Pekka. Oh, really? Well, the problem with Pekka is if he gets shook, yeah. he gets shook. Oh. Once he gets shook, it's over. He can't do it anymore. So after like two back-to-back goals, like I've seen him get pulled before. I'm like, fuck. We had a goalie in... Detroit after the Hashik era and after Curtis Joseph, we had a goalie. I think it was the guy we brought up. He was always, always a backup. I can't remember what his name was, but I used to, I called him soft serve because he would let in the softest fucking goals. Oh no. And (laughs) it's like, who's in goal? Oh, Manny legacy. That's who it was. It was Manny legacy. And every time I was like, who's playing that legacy. Oh, great. Soft serves on the goal, you know, cause he'd be fine until the first goal got in. And then you could throw like, the puck could be four feet long, and he'd let it in. <laughs> uh, woof. Yeah. Back to winning time. I wonder, like, was Larry Bird that much of a fucking prick? No. I mean, he was a competitor, but he wasn't like that. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like. They made him sound like a racist also, which that was not the case. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, that's Boston. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, but it wasn't like he was on an all-white team. Well, no, no. I, I'm just. Yeah. Like, i from multiple people, I've heard Boston is described as San as racist San Francisco. But he's from French Lake, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, no, they did play him off as like this hick, yeah, racist guy. I was like, really? Was he really like that? I think they got the competitive part of him correct. Okay. Like he would basically like. <laughs> 
stare people down and yeah. I'm not even going to acknowledge your existence, shit like that. But some of the stuff that he was saying in winning time, I was like, there's no way Larry Bird actually said that. Okay. Yeah. Cause that would have made the news then it doesn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter that he was the white player and magic was the black one. It did not matter. That would have been big news back then because Isaiah Thomas got in trouble for saying something about Larry Bird. Oh, Isaiah Tom. Well, Okay, Dennis Rodman said it first on the Pistons. He said, Larry Bird, if Larry Bird was black, he'd be an average player in this league. And they went, to, they went straight to Isaiah Thomas's locker and said, you know, your boy Rodman over here said that if Larry Bird was black, he'd be average. And Isaiah says, he kind of laughed. He goes, <laughs> I mean, maybe. And they took that and they had to do a press conference because they were like, Isaiah Thomas says Larry Bird is this. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. Especially uh, for that time period. Exactly. I, right. Really? <laughs> um, he's gonna walk funny tomorrow. He's not even gonna be able to fucking walk. I'm all for it. <laughs> I like my women seven feet tall. <laughs> What was the in the boys the girl that got that that crushed that dude's she was he was eating her butt and she, what have you not watched the boys yet I the new episodes come out oh you're it's talking about the two. first season season I thought it was season two it's Popclaw yeah Popclaw yeah no it's in season one okay. I remember now yeah yeah, like, <laughs> yeah let's fuck it yeah so imagine his head but that dude's pelvis <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. She Hawk will be on Disney Plus this year. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering, did they like Doja Cat? Apparently, is it? Did they just CGI her butt on the She Hulk? Like, is that actually Doja Cat's butt? I have no idea. I hope so. Okay, back to <laughs> back to my review. I just finally, I got in two days. I got caught up on Fast and Furious. Fuck Marvel. That is the greatest series of all time. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That is the greatest. <laughs> so you watched I watched the Fiero I in space. Four to ten in two days. What'd you think of when they went to space? Oh my God. <laughs> Just like my so there's there's also this 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 sums it up better than I can do. And you might have to blip it out just for copyright purposes fast six to ten yeah what's happening what's happening what is happening what is going on i remember sitting in fast nine the last one that they just did was it fast nine or fast ten oh fast ten's coming out okay fast nine fast nine I remember sitting in the theater, movie starts. I'm not a, I had watched all the Fast and Furious movies up to that. I was like, okay, let's see what ridiculousness we get here. And what I loved about that movie was how they leaned into all the issues with the movies with Ty, uh, Tyrese Gibson, just sitting there going, do you ever notice? We have a, not one scratch. We, we, <laughs> and then when the, the tank falls on him and My he just walks God. off from the side, you're like, yep. But the, I remember this, the, audience wasn't laughing at the jokes. They were laughing at the movie. Yeah. Like no, it is when they do the slingshot across the thing, Amazing. the girl left next to me starts laughing her ass off and everybody's laughing now. Yeah. It's no, like, it's, a, it's 
this is the movie we're in. This is Fast and Furious now. It's Sharknado. Yeah. <laughs> and it, when, when Letty came back with fucking amnesia, all I thought was Calculon. <laughs> what does she suffer from? Amnesia. I was... Oh, I have... Amnesia. I remember the, the scene through when they're driving the trucks through the uh, uh, the city, and the magnets kick on. Oh my god! Guy two rows back goes. That's not how magnets work. <laughs> no, just like when they he when goes. They, think of they, all the shit that would be touched in the car. <laughs> yeah, no, is it, it like, a plastic society? <laughs> no, it was amazing. Like I just. I couldn't stop laughing. It's so fucking hilarious. Like when they uh, they first get the magnet truck, and then I think John Cena's driving. Like they split off, mm. and you know John Cena's in a supercar. They're in a truck with magnets, right? But they're keeping up <laughs> somehow. But, but they're, they're not picking up any manhole on, covers, right? No, no. And then they're on two two different blocks. And then they turn it on and yes. it fucking takes the car through a building and then sticks to it. Like, oh, okay. Nothing else in that fucking building is going to fucking. The building was made of plastic. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. No. Or, oh, fuck it. What was it? It was, uh, how did Charlie Theron's drone die? Which. <laughs> We're getting the fucking her character. But Should we do a show on Fast Nine now? <laughs> holy shit! No, I think it was. Oh my god, what was it? Vin Diesel, like, I think he. Ah, oh, what did he do? I think he might have had a magnet because she was flying the drone towards to bomb them. Okay, and then he somehow like he, he like he. I think he turns on a magnet whips his car around and then releases the magnet to whip the car up straight at the drone. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Wow. Launched his own car into a flying drone. (laughs) They all. Okay. I just want to say the character progression. Don't don't. (laughs) Is that unbelievable? Like I should be a astrophysicist by now because ludicrous. Good for him. He turned his life totally around when they have that one line of how are we going to get it up there? And they look up in the distance and they see the rocket. I'm just like, yep, yep. <laughs> this is where we're at. That's what we're going to do. Okay. And then we're going to strap back- a rocket to a Fiero. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, and then, apparently and then they, they drive used, it into the satellite. But didn't they duct tape all the seams? Yes. So that everyone can- <laughs> yeah. And then they duct tape their suits. Yes. And then the only way they can fucking get rid of the satellite is to <laughs> ram it and they get picked up. Well, they use nitro. Remember they had to use their nitro to get the like, nitro blast. This, this is Cuban NOS. <laughs> oh, as opposed to any other. N- it's special. NOS. <laughs> it's special NOS. <laughs> but even better. I love when they're like, it takes place like afterwards they're at the ending and they're like, so, you know, I forgot what it was. We were like, it took us, we were stuck up there for two weeks with the Russians until you guys got us back home. <laughs> it's gotta eat space food. Snickers is space food. <laughs> it's so bad. It's great. Oh my God. The one liners. Oh, that's a, that's a series that might have multiple movie planet killers. In it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it absolutely, absolutely. As a franchise, it As might a be a franchise, killer. Yeah. <laughs> um, 